0: to episode 28 of uh, Room of Requirement. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kamala Shrao. And I'm Miracle Jones. Uh, I guess we have to clarify that. I guess this is take two of episode 28.
1: Yeah, we actually recorded one on Friday. Is yeah. that right? And then mm-hmm. the sound quality was just terrible, so we had to
0: cut it, but it exists out there. It's a lost episode. I guess we will be kind of talking about the same things anyway, since politics haven't really shifted. Um, But before we get into all of that, we'd like to check in. So, Miracle Jones, how have you been? I'm good. I'm just applying for a bunch
1: of jobs out there, and I've had some some bites, so that's pretty good. I don't know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, and I'm also about to finish a book, so I'm working real hard on my latest novel, Uh, and so hopefully that'll be done in the next two weeks or so which is which means i'm just kind of in a process just doing 2000 words a day and
0: just working yeah you've often talked about like a uh about when you finish off a novel, like, you're like, oh, I have such clarity, I have such yeah. potential, yeah, yeah. I finally can think straight. <laughs> yeah, and then I immediately just sit down and write another book. It's yeah, so it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst addiction.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, cause I, I feel like you're in you're two worlds, you know, because you have the real world, which I prefer. It's good. Yeah. I, like, I like reality, I'm pro-reality. Yeah,
0: reality. But then
1: you have, you know, you're creating something, so sure. you're, you're working on the internal narrative logic for that, and time's yeah. weird, and it's just it's all it's it's a very strange art form for sure for sure uh, but yeah it's always it's always good to be done i really enjoy not having a book to write but i only last for like a week or two <laughs> weeks so look me up in two weeks i'll be so happy i'll be like walking around i'll be like bright and sharp i won't be distracted i'll be all like put together and then go go, go go away. Yeah. go
0: away yeah um how cool. you been?
1: How's, how's, how's the new job?
0: Uh, new job is good. Actually, I'm really happy to be there. Uh, it's um, I'm someone, we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but I am someone who m- sort of measures themselves by the quality of work they put out. It's yeah, something yeah. like a, a defining element. and something I take pride in, uh, for better or for worse. It's just sort of an ethos I grew up with. Uh, and uh, in my previous job, I just was really frustrated, and I found myself um, remarkably underwhelmed, I guess, um, in a way that I how, I didn't realize how unhappy I was at my last job until I started working here. And I'm not saying, like, this job is super amazing, but I'm happy I like the people I work with. Um, I've just instituted civilized lunch. You, it worked. It worked. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have civilized lunch in the French way, um, which is not to eat in front of our screens. And so we're gonna sit and we're gonna talk. Uh, maybe about work, maybe not. About um, like once a week or something. Or? Yeah, once a week. We're yeah, gonna yeah. have civilized lunch. What, uh, what day? What day is it? Is this first official civilized lunch Um is? So the first official one will be this Thursday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And does
1: everybody know it's coming from you? That yeah. You're
0: instituting this policy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> everybody. It, you know, people forget to take the flower. They just like don't know what to do with themselves. It's, I
0: think it's just like a culture, especially in banking. Like yeah. you're like you're often really busy, and so you have deadlines. And so you just eat at the at your at your desk, right? And it's just such a sad thing in a French company that you would yeah, do that, right? Yeah, like you yeah, should yeah. absolutely. Uh, eat uh, in front of other people and chat, and maybe pay attention to the food
1: you're eating. Are you guys going to go down to, the, to someplace out, or are you going to go down to the commissary? Or? Are, so
0: uh, we haven't figured all of that out yeah. yet. So I think we're going to try, and uh, I think it'll all be sort of a food club as well. So. <laughs> are you going to bring something in, like? I, I always something? bring in my lunch. Yeah, I so. mean, are you can bring something in to share. Like, maybe I don't know. Thanksgiving's coming up, so yeah. I have to figure all of that out. So uh, the other news I was going to say uh, is yeah. actually uh, a friend of mine died over the weekend holy shit dude yeah so uh, this is the first time I've really talked about it but um so he's a friend of mine I got like this text message or this message on Monday morning from like a mutual friend and he was like hey can you call me and I immediately knew it wasn't good and it was going to be about our 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 mutual friend um he was a co-worker of mine um and uh uh, he left New York and he was back uh, home, and he he died of a heart attack. Uh, he's he was only about 42, but he'd already had a heart attack by the time he was 39 or something like that. And he had some issues um, that contributed to the heart attack, but uh, yeah, I've been uh, it's been a it's a bit it's cast a, a like a pall over the past couple of days. Like every so often, I find myself just kind of spacing out a little and being like a little sad about. Uh, a guy who's a friend of mine And yeah He's no more So When was the last time You saw him? Uh The last time I saw him Um I saw him before He left New York So I didn't see him I hadn't seen him After he left Um But I saw him Maybe 18 months ago So he left Maybe maybe even two years ago But we didn't like Correspond yeah. it, It's modern Uh So he would send me Stuff on Facebook um, <laughs> Inappropriate stuff Um And uh Yeah he, 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 was a, he was a friend of mine And I'm I'm sad he's gone, so... That's Uh, terrible. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, I don't... I don't have any great conclusions about it other than it is, like, a very natural reaction is to make sure that, like, you know, the friends that I have, to make sure that I I keep in touch with them. So, uh... He had fallen off the... Uh... He he hadn't fallen off, but we just sort of lost contact because he'd left the city, and I would try to reach out and stuff like that. I just never sat down and really communicated with him, and, uh... Unfortunately, I hope. uh... Um, yeah, I hope his family's fine, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, preparations are going to be, but I think tomorrow I'm going to travel up um, to Rye, which is where the old offices are, because I think they're going to have like a little, m- not memorial service, but sort of a drink for him. So um, I didn't go up to Rye when I actually worked there, but I think for this guy, kind of, I'll, I'll I'll go up there. So
1: yeah. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Yeah, that's so yeah.
0: destabilizing. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. He's a friend of mine, and I, uh, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I'll miss him.
1: How uh, How are you doing? I mean, yeah.
0: I find myself uh, like we weren't like super close. Like he's yeah. not like a, a, a close friend of mine, but I, um, I definitely feel my like my mood has is, is been lower over the past couple of days. So, um, uh, it's just uh, I've never been one who has dealt with. Death particularly well always really affected me, so um, and it's always. And I'm, I'm relatively young, so like the people that I know who've died that are roughly my age are, um, it's usually sudden, it's usually like a heart complication, um, with long standing issues, um, and you know, you just don't, you don't, you just don't see it coming. After
1: after his first heart attack, did he change in any way, or was yeah,
0: he-, he stopped smoking, um he He stopped smoking um, and he started eating healthy. I think we uh, I remember going out to dinner with him um, and, and, uh, uh, with me and my wife and like we took him to Japanese food because it was like gonna be a little harder heart healthier and he ate the fish and like well, my wife really loved eating with him because he didn't eat like the entire set. He ate just the stuff that he wanted to eat and my wife got to eat the rest. <laughs> And the other anecdote was um, I, we were working together and I didn't get, uh, and we were working together for a while and at some point we were like walking, maybe getting lunch and it was kind of a hot summer day and he was, and I was like, man, it's really hot. I can't, I mean, I feel bad for uh, anyone who has to wear a suit in this weather. Because we didn't have to wear suits at the time. And he was like, oh, no. And he had a really deep southern accent. <laughs> and I won't do an impression, but he was like, no, nah, I, I had to wear a three-piece suit every day in the Georgia sun. And I was like, why? <laughs> and at that point, he was like, well, I was a funeral director in Georgia for like, the, for, like, 10 years of my life. And I was like, how did it take me six months to tell me this? So, like, he had this, like, really colorful southern I mean I'm not explaining but he's like he was a a gay man in like kind of like like outside of Atlanta Uh, he was a funeral director (laughs) he worked for a funeral home that's a long time (laughs) yeah for like 10 years and then he came and he's just like uh, and we we talked about it and I was like he had just like this amazing kind of colorful life and uh, yeah he was a friend of mine and uh, I will miss him oh
1: what was his name
0: Chad Chad yeah Chad Bruce yeah Uh, so I uh, will miss Trout. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, like, he's a great, yeah. director <laughs> yeah, slash he's great
1: slash <laughs> slash, I guess, credit card or what do you, do you work for? Yeah,
0: he, he's like a, he just worked for uh, yeah he worked for Mastercard yeah. yeah and then at some point he went back home because he was like tired and he didn't really like being in the city and yeah, yeah, like yeah. he kind of wanted to take care of his grandma so uh, his grandma so that's was, why home yeah up. he went home among other things and uh, I think I don't know what's happening to his grandma but I know she was advanced in years she didn't really have a lot of people to take care of her and she was going a little senile so I don't know what's going to happen to her so. well I mean
1: as a southerner myself I guess like there's something to going home to pass on yeah like, like there's something poetic about it I yeah mean, I guess it's it's good he didn't you
0: know wasn't in this hell urban hell like away <laughs> from yeah, yeah I, I don't know I think he liked parts of city life I think there was a lot going on that he didn't like and yeah. so he had his own yeah uh, he has a, his own issues I think um, yeah. but uh, hopefully he's, yeah I'm sorry man yeah uh, yeah I right, what are you gonna do um yeah uh, anything else we want to talk about personally <laughs>
1: no that's that's a real
0: hit yeah I mean, I'm, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm sorry about that yeah. uh, we see a Trump supporter yeah uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean I I have no doubt he was related to them, for sure. I mean he was a Georgia uh a good southern boy. I'm yeah. sure he was uh I forget where exactly, but outside of Atlanta. But yeah.
1: Uh, you know. Yeah, I've had friends die who are, you know, of various drug related things and also like a few suicides. Yeah. Especially when I was younger and you you, you just kind of equate death with being old you know yeah so when people die just like before their time it just like doesn't it doesn't feel right and it yeah just, you know it, it just throws everything up in the air and you just you you feel like you have way more more, more time with them you know like you just yeah have, your story's not over yet you know with whatever this person is or whatever they're gonna be and
0: yeah absolutely i think i mean i i remember when i went to um uh my friend's father's funeral is, uh, uh, when I was 22. Um, uh, it was my, um, it was my college girlfriend and we still remained friendly for sure. Um, but we were still close after we'd broken up, but like, I was also a really big fan of her father and her father just died of a heart attack. And I just remember at that moment, like it was so sudden and sad that I remember it kind of being a moment in my life where I was like, both consciously and unconsciously. I was just like, I got to spend more time with my family. Like, there's just no way. So uh, I, th- I think that was a time that, like, from then on, I've actually had, like, a better relationship with my mom and still a pretty close relationship with my, my sister and my father. Um, and it, if I got nothing out of that, I mean, it was definitely a, a moment in time where I was like, oh, you know, I don't have that much time um, with anyone I love. It's not guaranteed. Um, so I will try to spend as much time as possible um and so I stopped i don't know if I ever did, but I definitely didn't take relationships for granted after that so that's a beautiful
1: kind of tribute to your friend that yeah that, that your relationship is so good that you want to make sure that other you know your relationship with other people is yeah is, is uh
0: is not taken for granted yeah you know? yeah so um yeah, so that those are the uh that is that is part of life, right. Um, I guess so. I mean, it's horrible. Yeah. I don't think there's any meaning. It's yeah, yeah, fucked up. And yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I'm not guaranteeing any sort of religious or larger yeah, spiritual meaning, but it does sort of underscore that you know there, we have time. Yeah, yeah, and we should appreciate. What, I guess maybe what we have. Um, I try to think if there was anything else uh, we talked about uh last time that was worth rehashing i got two stories in the hopper from
1: like two lost episodes that i just to. i'm sure i'm like, writing them down sure i don't sure. know if now's the time but yeah, i want to yeah. hear about this wallet thief in college oh wow and i want to hear about this these dick cakes again oh, <laughs> dick we're gonna get to the bottom of both of these stories um, maybe a
0: very special episode um, um so i told so this is a story i told on the last episode um, but the episode, that didn't quite make it. Uh, so um, I believe you'd ask me whether or not I have I had any special holiday eats. Yeah. And I was like, I really actually like to make a cheesecake. Um, so I, I, it's, I, I make a pretty good pumpkin cheesecake at this point. And uh, the reason is that and what, during Thanksgiving, I wouldn't go home. I would just have Thanksgiving for my friends. I'd have friends giving and I've done it for so many years. It's really how I learned to cook. Because um, I just didn't want to go home, and for a while my sister was in New York, so she'd be part of Friendsgiving. Um, Sometimes, and actually, uh, for a while, she actually once or twice she flew up actually just for Friendsgiving. So she uh, at some at some point I was learning to make a cheesecake, and you want a cheesecake, you want that surface to be really smooth sure, and shimmery, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you know you don't want cracks. Like that's kind of the worst thing about it. So it's like, and I was like putting it in the fridge. And I was like my sister, um, uh, I was like, hey you Neil, know, um, do not don't touch this. Oh, it's, like, really delicate right now. I don't want it to crack. She's like, okay. And uh, so I go back in, and, like, when I go to take out the cheesecake, I uncover it, and she has scrawled her first initial all up and down, the, like, cheesecake. So there's this big N up and down my cheesecake, as if to say, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you for telling me not to touch the cheesecake. Uh, it's just, like... and. Like, I guess it's just a relationship. I wasn't angry. I thought it was, like, the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> so I cracked up. So years later, the story comes back to revisit me because uh, when I was getting married, we didn't have a cake. We had pies. Um, and so either my cousin... Which is fantastic,
1: by the way. Everybody should do that. Yeah, go especially...
0: Ahead. And if you're <laughs> yeah. in Asheville, North Carolina, 100% can recommend the person you should go to. Um, so uh, we had pies. Uh, it was one of the many things my wife and I agreed about uh, when planning the wedding. Um, but the one thing we didn't agree about was what to do when either my cousin or my sister drew dicks <laughs> in, the, in the cake. Uh, and pie. The, the pie. In the pie. And so some pie uh, um, had some cake. Uh, some, sorry. Someone had drawn some dicks in the pie. Um, it's not really clear because my sister and my cousin have this like like um, Sith Lord Padawan relationship of evil so it's not really clear who did what um, but uh, uh, and uh, and like and it came up to me because I think apparently someone's like kid had seen it and like they were like nah, <laughs> not this me, is <laughs> yeah I exactly like oh this is inappropriate and uh, I don't know exactly what happened and then finally it came up to me and I uh, and uh, I was like oh, that's hilarious and my wife heard about it she's like clean that up this is my day there (laughs) will be no dicks in the pot there will be no dicks in the pot take care of that right now and I was like really uh, you don't think this is funny and she's like no I do not <laughs> so <laughs> for the record I think it's funny <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is the uh, dicks in the in the pie the argument would be do we have to draw dicks in all the other ones now <laughs> just to make it a theme so we have, it looks like it's on purpose <laughs> um, so yes my sister uh, digs the pie and uh, yeah she is so unrepentant about it yeah I would be too yeah um, <laughs> team, team pie dick. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time I understand you know, yeah, yeah, it's crossing a, li- a bit of a line <laughs> you know, maybe you should ask before you draw a dick in somebody's wedding pie yeah, yeah. right right especially if you're not be- if you're not the one getting married yeah, right, right. yeah right, okay. right, right. so that's the dick pie story yeah, yeah that's great yeah uh and next time next time we'll get this wallet story. oh yeah that's a less a long that's also a a good story yeah okay. tune
1: in tune in for 29
0: yeah right to the bottom of this yeah wallet. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um all right. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? No. i Yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, kind of get cool. a little, so let's talk yeah. a little bit about politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are a number of things we talked about in the episode that never was. Yeah. We didn't make it, but uh, I think Roy Moore was at the top, and we might as well talk about him now. So. We might as well. So let's
1: preface this by talking about what we talked about last time. Sure. see if you still where you were last time. Sure. So last time, I thought that the Trumps and the GOP is strategy here should be to dump Roy Moore because he was never Trump's guy in the first place. Strange was always his guy and that they could stand a chance at winning if they dumped him ASAP and uh, started a a write-in campaign for Strange. That, which I think he could win because Alabama is a solidly red state. And if, you know, there's no reason why Republicans shouldn't win Alabama, right? So sure. it, with a write-in campaign, enough uh, fear that he might lose and the support of making it national. Mm-hmm. So Doug Jones is, you know, forced to go national too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, making a national campaign, everybody's out there writing in Strange, which is a name that will work for him because it's, an, it's a name you can remember, right? Yeah. I think he has, he would, they would have a chance of winning, in which case uh, Trump could take total credit for that. He would have gone after a, a pedophile, and sure. it would be like a, a boon to his brand, right? Right. Like he's taking on pedophilia, and he gets a win for the Republicans. He could take total credit for it. His guy, after all, so he looks right in every vector. It would be a weird you know turnaround for this horrible clusterfuck that Alabama has become. Yeah. Now you took the opposite side the line, which I was kind of persuaded by, but
0: yeah. So it's not quite the opposite yeah. line, but I think if I were, I think the Republican strategy is and should be, uh, they should not. They should huff and puff and say, "Oh, I don't know," or if I, if these people are to believe, yes, these, he should step down um, without necessarily exerting a lot of pressure, because I think one, it, I think it's going to be very hard for the Democrat to win unless you take out take down Roy Moore so with Roy Moore the Republican will win and then you can um, do whatever you want as soon as soon as he gets over the finish line as soon as Roy Moore delivers you uh, a victory then you can bring him up to the Senate you can censure him you can have him step down and you can have the governor appoint another Republican right so I think that to me is largely the sensible strategy uh, for the Republican Party I think I mean the Democrats have the counter strategy, which is, hey, don't vote for a pedo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, as solid. Far as, I mean, it's as far, solid. Yeah. They keep it, you know, they keep it nice and, you know, Doug Jones, not a pedophile. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, so it's not, I would caution people to think about this as being like uh, I, I think Democrats are going to get their hopes up and they may not win this one because yeah. I think it'll be close even with Roy Moore on the, on the ballot. The problem is that Ballots have already gone out, right? Early voting, things like that. A lot of the ballots have already been printed, and some people have already voted. So it's going to be really hard to remove Roy Moore, and I think that's what they're going to argue. Most importantly, I think they're going to argue that with uh, Roy Moore and a write-in vote, because you can't remove Roy Moore Moore from the ballot with a write-in vote for Luther Strange, you split the Republican ticket... And then you give the victory to the Democrats, which is what I would, if I were, I think that's, it's just bad strategy, right?
1: I just don't see people getting up in the morning and going to vote for a pedophile and being happy about that, you know, in in the suburbs and, you know, and it just, I, I don't know, it just seems like... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think. I think they actually could pull off a victory in a write in campaign. I think I Alabama think is that red. It's like thirty points to to Republican most presidential elections. You know,
0: it's possible. I I, I just think that it's it's thirty. It's really deep red. Yeah. But I think a write in vote. Threats to split the ticket, right? Yeah, that's the thing. You'd
1: have to do really more. You'd have to really fuck him up. You'd have to bring out some other shit. You'd have to have everybody turn on him. You'd have to. You'd have to do himself. You'd have to go out. You know, they'd they'd really have to blackmail him some way, or or really put some pressure on him to make him leave. Yeah, you'd have to be a you know one. You'd have to be you know pulling at one percent. He'd have to. you would have to have Olam yeah. levels of support in order yeah. to make it work. Yeah. But I think. I think they could get there. I think. There's. I think. Yeah. They th- could I think. Offer I him something to make him do himself. Apparently,
0: already, the, like a lot of evan- evangelicals are still holding the line with Roy Moore. So, but they, you know, you can support him, but just devoting like the actual
1: positive action yeah. is the what you need, and I think that's so hard to do with somebody who's that tarnished.
0: I, I disagree. I think we'll I, see. We'll yeah, see. we'll yeah. see. Um, so, in general, so. I, I don't think he's done as a political entity, at yeah. least in the short term. I yeah. think he'll I think he very he'll pot he'll deliver a Republican win or something that's very very close.
1: Did you watch the uh, the press conference, the Gloria Allred
0: one? No. How is it? It's How was it? Very
1: upsetting. It's really damning. You know, she's the the lady that came forward, Beverly Young. You know, she's a Republican Trump voter. Yeah. And she could barely get through it. You know, she yeah. was just like a wreck. And yeah, I mean, it was very. I mean, it's hard not to believe it. So. Yeah, and just the circumstances of, of yeah. it, the uh, the details, of the yearbook, sure. and the, you know where she worked. Right. It's just it's fucking. I mean, he did it. It's, yeah. That's pretty clear. So right.
0: So I I think I think he, I think we're okay with assuming that he is guilty, although yeah. not not yeah. charged, or at least guilty in that shade of gray. That was like, even if I were Republican, I would have problems voting for him. Like, yeah. Um, and I think across the board from Democrats and never Trumpers, it's definitely like, I'm not touching this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is interesting, though, and the Republicans have brought this up, I think as part and parcel to distract us, is that what does this really mean um, in terms of how Democrats see their own predators within their own house, right? So uh, certainly Bill Clinton, uh, there are others, uh, legacy issues. Ted Kennedy was a murderer, Um but Neg- negligent homicide, <laughs> murderer. <laughs> I mean, what
1: did he, he didn't put a pillow over somebody's face. <laughs> he, he got drunk, drove her off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Negligent homicide. Yeah, it's yeah, not sure. the same thing. <laughs> All right. well. He was responsible. For I would him. say he's a coward and a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, I wouldn't say he's a murderer. Let's go to bridge. He's not like a serial killer.
0: <laughs> no, there's a no difference. That's why I didn't call him a serial. Killer. Yeah, I don't think that was a murder. I think I think he's a first
1: degree. I mean, it wasn't planned.
0: Right. No, it wasn't. It's a second yeah, degree. I think yeah. I take negligent homicide is a good. He way should, to put his ass should have been in jail. Is <laughs> yeah, <point. no. laughs> I don't disagree. His don't ass should've been in jail. I don't disagree. He was for the, one. you know, he
1: was the Bernie Sanders of his time, right? He split the vote in order to give uh, Reagan the victory, right? That was the whole deal. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, for those of us who aren't, who don't remember, Ted Kennedy was the last remaining brother. Well, not the last, yeah, last remaining brother of the Kennedy triumvirate. Uh, or actually, I guess it's a, it's four of them, right? Yeah. Uh, so. It, all three of his brothers have been killed. Uh, he had a lot of sympathy. Uh, he ended up a lot of his career was actually like kind of being like a leftist. He got uh, he did a lot on healthcare reform. He did a lot on childcare. But you know, at some point, he got really drunk and drove off a bridge uh, in Chappaquiddick and with a woman who wasn't his wife. Uh, and uh, she drowned in that lake, and uh, it's not clear what happened. But it took him a long time to get to the police, yeah. and the police didn't do a lot about it. So, uh, yeah, I would one hundred percent admit that there are Democrats who are, or uh, who are vile.
1: Yeah, and you know, they get
0: away with it. So. Sure, I mean, do they though? That's the thing.
1: Like, I think, I think, I think, reality always wins, right? Like, eventually, we always know the truth about everybody, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah, I mean, I think- I, as, as a, as a. Uh, as sort of a, a universal truth, I don't know if I agree with that.
1: No, I mean not always, but I think I think the preponderance leans one way or the other. Sure. we have the inclinations that we feel are usually brought, you know, corroborated by some sort of external evidence that leads in, us into a picture of history that is largely true. That okay. is not like uh, a manufactured propagandistic false view of history that we get nothing from. Like eventually, we get to some sort of ground down version of events that I think sure. is largely true. I'll, I'll agree true. with that. Yeah. I, the acceleration of that, I think, is is destabilizing to people. The fact that we can see press conferences, or we get like emails, all of yeah. a sudden we get these leaks. We get instant history. Right? Yeah, we get actual truth about things immediately. Right, people distrust that right now. And yeah. I think that's something that we're dealing with. We're kind of coping with as yeah. far as knowing too much it's not that we don't know enough it's that we know too much too quickly and we have to form instant events without the shape of history taking it you know the the refereeing of things coming into to to focus there sure with Roy Moore I mean he's a pedophile like there's just no getting around he's it creep, right? for yeah sure, yeah definitely yeah. a creep like kicked out of malls I mean like yeah. in his thirty you know there's just it, that's just who he is it's, you know like so and we're learning that you know in real time kind of yeah right? the Bill Clinton stuff took a long time for that to come out right yeah like, and he was you know elected president sure. You know, before a lot of the, you know, rumors started to, to crystallize and the way sure. we like refereed information back then was different, right? Right. Now it's more clear, like we have a sure. greater chain of evidence and we're learning about things and we're, you know, hence it's possible to actually get results like Weinstein, yeah uh Louis C. K. Sure uh Kevin Spacey yeah. and now Roy Moore. Yeah. And I in between yeah, the there, so
0: you know, I, I was thinking about this, I think I will only believe the tide is turned uh after someone comes forth yeah. uh claiming that they've done something wrong before being accused. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I will be like, Oh wow, yeah. Uh I and I understand like maybe Louis C. K. like came clean after being accused. When someone comes forth bef- forth uh before being accused, then I will be like, Oh, okay, well we've changed our ethos as a society. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that,
1: for sure. I think we can say that culture has changed a little bit. Sure. Since it, sure. Has, since it was, like, even five years ago. Yeah. I don't know if there's a tie it's turned, but definitely we expect things from our leaders that we didn't expect five years ago. Yeah. And I think that's good. That's too sure. good as far as this area of, you know, existence is concerned.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about Roy Moore? No, I mean, we'll, you know,
1: we'll see, we'll see how this shakes out.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of turning tides, yeah. uh, I think uh, we're a week behind in some ways because we uh, missed, a, we talked about this in our live podcast, last right. podcast but it didn't get released. So I uh, want to talk a little bit about Tuesday, last Tuesday's election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in which uh, a number of um, effectively blue results came out, right? So we uh, Virginia elected a democratic governor despite polling looking like it was being a it was going to be a tight race. New Jersey elected a governor. I think the most significant thing that I saw come out is the fact that Maine yeah, uh, okay. uh, voted yeah to uh, continue to expand um, health care provisions uh, general health care provisions. so I thought that was the most interesting result. Of, of the night um, but we want to talk I, we talked a little bit about this and let's just reiterate like whether or not we thought this was a wave right yeah I, I definitely thought it
1: was not, not something to not a wave you know not yeah. even really something to be excited about It just seemed totally expected sure I would be concerned if it went the other way right the way that it went is a relief but it in no way makes me feel optimistic yeah Uh, You, you know, made the point that momentum leads to more momentum. so To the good. Right. We'll we'll see how things
0: go. Right. Absolutely. So I think my read on it was that in general, after the Trump election, uh, Democrats have been polling about five, six points ahead of where they have in the past. Like a generic, like in general, if you expect some precinct to vote. 50 uh, percent Democrat. Now they vote 55 percent Democrat, and there was nothing in Tuesday's election, last Tuesday's elections, that I saw really broke from that trend. We saw swing, so like, you know, it's reasonable to expect a Democratic governor to win in Virginia by three or four points, and instead he won by nine points. So that's within a er- uh, margin of error, but that's that's consistent with ha- uh, the general mood of the country post Trump. Yeah. So, I think it signals good things. I think momentum builds momentum. But a lot of this may just be timing of elections in blue areas, right? So to tell. So before like previous to this, we had a bunch of elections, say, in South Carolina and Georgia, which were always going to be uphill battles. They tend to be red areas. So it's not that the Democrats weren't swinging by five or ten points. It's just that it wasn't enough to get them over that line to actually declare a win.
1: Yeah, and we're not even going to have a straight-up, like, Election that's going to be a bellwether in Alabama, where even whoever wins or loses because of this whole scandal, we're not really going to know any extra information, right? Sure. I would would have preferred a straight up, like, generic Democrat v. generic Republican just to see where we stand. Right. Now, who knows? I mean, whether it's a write in, whether it's this fucking pedophile Roy Moore. Like, if the Republicans lose, I don't feel like it'll be any sort of referendum on Republican ideas or Trump. It'll be specific to this race and based upon some. You know, extra events.
0: Right, and I think that's actually true. One of the things that I kind of hate. About all the post-election analysis in uh, past week, in general, actually in 2016, is that an event happened, and then you throw everything you can to explain it. So it's because of demographics, or it's not because of demographics. Right. And you want, and I think this is just how we explain big trends or or big events, big quote unquote big events, as a way of like, oh, and now all of a sudden these these theories are going to come together. It's the white working class. It's this theory, or not this theory. But in the end, like, I mean. You know, elections are often close things, um, and whoever like just because you win or you lose doesn't necessarily mean that you have this huge narrative behind you or there's just, like this tidal force behind you. Um, the stories we tell each other, um, the ones that that get shaken out because of victory or or defeat, are often kind of pernicious and own oh, no, gross oversimplifications. So, it's like uh, a risk game, right? Yeah. Like just because
1: you win. You know, a, a battle in risk doesn't make you a strategic genius. Yeah, right. You it's know, a, it's fucking rolling the dice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I prefer diplomacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, uh, we both do. Uh, I just think that, like, you know, all these narratives that came out in um, 2016 about the white working class, yeah. um, you know, they were there before, they will be there after. It's It was, you know, 80,000 votes short of not being the story, right? Like, um, so. You don't think messaging matters very much in
1: the 2018 election coming up. But if it did, what would your message be? If you were doing... Democrat I generally am
0: suspicious of me- messaging, yeah. but what would be my message be?
1: Yeah, what would you run all the, the Democrats on?
0: Um, I think it would be, like, sanity and competence. Like, something that's really, like bland and middle of the road and obvious digs against trump you know my we all know what mine is yes women
1: weeds and wi-fi yeah yeah 2018 dims 2018 but i do think you know there's a case to be made that alcohol brought us out of the great depression i disagree with that and
0: weed could bring us out of the great anxiety (laughs) i don't agree with that (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, it's going to... Yeah, I I mean, it's possible. In general, I think it's just good for the economy to have something that is effectively... In the gray market or illegal yeah. be brought out into a legal market. Yeah, we can
1: deal it to the world, you know. There's so many people. We, you know, it'd be... We, we would make Russia and China look instantly very lame. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And South America would be like, great, done. they just all turn the, you know, right. turn the keys on legalizing weed everywhere. It'd be like an entire American...
0: And I think know? it's just, you know, and I... Yeah. It's uh, well known. I just never... I've never smoked weed, but I just am yeah. like... I just am not. This like,
1: country was made great by tobacco farmers, sir. Yes. And those fields they
0: fallow now. Yes. Growing
1: soybeans. Yes. We need to turn them back over. To
0: <laughs> be, rip them up and put weed I in mean, I mean, I'm 100... I I just think that, like, anything that kind of comes as a puritanical, yeah. like, law to tell adults what to do, I'm just not, like, super... Yeah, no,
1: no. And to your credit, as somebody who's never smoked weed, you still, you know could could get behind that yeah, yeah i mean yeah. Like, yeah, i have no problem with that yeah like, i think i think most democrats would just be roll their eyes and be like yeah whatever who yeah. cares and you know the ones that you need the like younger population the people who are more strident about progressive issues sure this would be something that would bring them over who yeah would be like well i don't really like their corporate policies but and they're it's so much now it's yeah. so
0: much cheaper than free calls. <laughs> it it's so much it's basically free yeah <laughs> it's just, no it's totally free Anything else about the election? No, I mean, no. I,
1: well, I, I. It was good. I mean, I, I think it, if it had gone the other way, it would have been a news story. This yeah. is not news to me at all. Yeah. What else did you want to talk about?
0: Uh, I mean, I think we, uh, I think we talked about the economy a little. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about. It. I think it's worth just kind of mentioning. Just because, um, one of the things is that we've had a couple of really good numbers, and so as as a former economist, I guess, um. Uh, I look at those numbers. and I'm like, this. This is a pretty healthy economy. We've had good GDP growth. Uh, we've had really solid labor uh, market numbers. Um, the stock market is also pretty happy. And I, you know, that's that's the analysis. I think that's that's somewhat uncontrover- uncontroversial in terms of uh, where the economy is going. You can talk about distribution, all those things. Um, but the idea is like, well, as a as someone who's like, oh, I'm anti-Trump. How much can how how can we possibly credit? Um, Uh, Trump with the economy is—I think the answer is sort of obvious, right? Like we shouldn't necessarily draw a straight line from the president to the economy, right? There's a lot, a lot of America, uh, a lot of American economic activity does has nothing to do with the federal government, Um, and we should just keep that in mind. Um, So when we when we you know talked about Obama's achievements, there were some policies. Early on, but effectively, it's the strength of the economy is the strength of the private Mm markets, and so that's a that's always just something to keep in mind. Like you can you don't necessarily have to bend yourself into weird intellectual puzzles to say the economy is not that good. You can just say that like okay, well, the president in general doesn't have that much impact, and this one has been somewhat ineffectual. Um, So (laughs) why would he have an impact? Um, But yeah,
1: yeah, if you favor a weak executive and and. As a, and uh, a strong legislative body, you know, this is your guy. Or yeah, right. maybe <laughs> we've elected the weakest executive America's probably ever had, right? Yeah. So now's a chance to see what that looks like. Right. You know, what happens when a president is so incompetent <laughs> that he nullifies himself. Right. And we have an ascendant sort of Senate. So the cooling, you know, saucer of democracy is, is <laughs> ascendant in favor of the, the strong activist. Executive yeah. leading us somewhere. Diego.
0: Yeah, we're we're not being led anywhere. Right? <laughs> you know. uh, we are meandering. We're, we're free we're, to do as we please. <laughs> in motion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the one other thing to take away from all of this, right, is that when they start to talk about, like, the Republicans have to come forth with a tax plan, otherwise they're toast. I actually think that, from what I can tell, the private markets actually like what's happening out of Washington D.C. because, if all, at best. What has happened is a rollback from sort of the progression of re- regu- uh, an increased regulatory environment. Sure. And if nothing else happens, they're happy with that. They, and if nothing happens, then they at least know what's ahead of them, right? Like uh, you know, any sort of tax change is going to create, it's going to make investment plans harder. There's going to uh, it adds a lot of uncertainty. But having a government that does nothing is actually a pretty decent environment for investment just because you don't expect any changes, right? Yeah, it's
1: anti-democratic restraint yeah. on a, on a populist that, you know, vote, voted for and <laughs> is progressive, right? right? So what does that mean? I mean, maybe it's good for, you know, the yeah, economy I mean, in the short term.
0: Yeah, I, I actually don't want it. And so, like, right, so maybe the markets initially were pretty happy about the fact that... Um, Trump could kind of whittle down a lot of sort of the um, regulation that Obama was putting forward by executive order. They're probably happy about that. But now I, th- I think if the markets were really sensitive and were really had really bought into the Republican agenda, they would have panicked on Tuesday, and they didn't. Right? So the t- because the Tuesday election says that the Democrats are in ascendancy, things could change in 2018, and the markets would sort have of said, oh, "Okay, well then you're going to have to somehow compromise the Republican agenda that we've all bought into." The markets didn't do that. I mean, you can argue they had a couple of choppy days, but for the most part, they didn't panic. And that's just interesting. What they mean is like, oh, okay, well, okay, if the Democrats take power, we don't care. I mean sure. things, are, are, things are good, right? I mean,
1: additionally, the the election of President Trump is real proof of concept for <laughs> social media companies that represent a giant swath of the, <laughs> of the market. Right? Like, it's a great ad for Facebook and Twitter. Sure. And, <laughs> You know, sure, sure. Google, look what we did. We can we can make anyone president <laughs> if you pay us enough. You know, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Fair enough. Um,
0: anything else you wanted to talk, talk about? Uh, I
1: think the there's a few things in world events that are really sure. fascinating right now. Specifically, Saudi Arabia's anti-corruption crackdown. You no know? right, yeah. The house arrest of the you know half of the House of Saud. Yeah. by the. You know, current crown prince or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In addition to, MBS, yeah. in addition to circling the wagons against Iran right now, yeah. with the help of Israel, in sure. the shape of what looks like maybe a war right. that we may have just accidentally backed ourselves into. Right. I'm wondering, did you know? The question I have is, was this a was this the the deal? Right. Like we will look the other way on Saudi Arabia imprisoning you know its most like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, I guess corrupt, but also powerful, you know, representatives of globalism, right? Right. In effect for, you know, in in return for then uh, joining forces with Israel in order to wage a war in Iran, right? Right. Which is two really shitty foreign policy decisions as far as I'm concerned, but I can see as to where if that's what you want as the Trump administration, you get two things that are good for you, right? You know, anti-globalist plus like, more militancy in the middle east against the you know Uh, the the, bad actor yeah the one bad actor yeah the one bad actor right the one the only bad guy guy in the middle east (laughs) we took down iraq but now we just take down iran Iran, everything will be fucking fine
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah and i think the other thing is that, like you know the the whispering uh the whispering critics are talking about how uh jared kushner flew out to um Saudi Arabia a week before this great purge happened um, and how it's pretty obvious or maybe it's not obvious, but it has, it's highly suggestive of the fact that the, the Trump administration gave a blessing. Jerry Kushner and the current effective prince of Saudi Arabia get along really well. They're both about 32, 33. Um, They're young, um, inexperienced, probably somewhat incompetent. Um, And uh, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but effectively, I think what's happening is that there's sort of this axis, a weird axis, with Israel and Saudi Arabia on one side, on like yeah. as, as one group rather, not an axis, but like one group, and then uh, oppositional to something like uh, in Iran and what is left of the rump state of Syria, um, and so, and maybe Russia. Okay. and so- maybe, maybe turkey it maybe may usually, turkey remain neutral in situations yeah. like this but yeah i mean the middle east is just uh, like a mess it's getting messier it's okay to like both be really suspicious of MBS and in no way feel sympathy for the people he arrested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, they're all Saudi Arabian scumbags. <laughs> like, there, there are people so, like and, so, well, one of them is Alaweed, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they 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 arrested Alaweed, who's yeah. like a major backer of a number of things in the U.S. Yeah, including I mean, like, anti-royalty in general. So yeah, I think he, box, he backs both fox news apple he's an and apple, in apple and twitter yeah, and i think yeah, fox news yeah. and like and also uh and something else like something but he liberal is, he's the liberal side yeah, yeah he's yeah. like the
1: liberal politician yeah yeah, of, yeah i
0: mean not politician but you know.
1: yeah i mean so far as it is courtier politician. yeah and
0: and to say that they're in prison means that they're in the like sheraton yeah i mean yeah right, right, right. yeah so i just want to make that clear. and they're a family that's the other thing it's not like yeah you, it's still yeah yeah um yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. Like, I think it's just, I think it's a shit show. The other
1: big piece of news, and it's huge news, we're just not really hearing about yeah. it too much in America, is the EU's uh, defense force. They, You know, Macron has successfully voted to form, right. uh, to get out of, uh, I mean, not necessarily get out of NATO, but to form their own, you know army that you will now have a, a standing army that is just you know made of the member nations and funded by the member nations and is ancillary to NATO. Yeah. which is a new development. That's like world history right there. So I'm curious what the hell that's going to mean and what they intend to do with it. Yeah. I, I assume in the short term it'll just be, you know, information warfare. It'll be all the money will be going toward protecting the EU. Uh, and I think that's the good.
0: best way to spend their money right now. Yeah, like, uh, um, support that, I mean, right? Something somebody needs to collect dues to do that. Sure, sure. Uh, I think that's true. I think that, and it's it's a smart move actually. If they start to uh, take on more of the burden of military spending, as America is America becomes a less reliable partner, to be honest, that's a good thing for America too, right? Yeah. I mean, the EU should be spending more on their military. I think it's, it's, bad, you, for England, <laughs> it's bad for England we will have
1: no one you know yeah no yeah, one's gonna
0: yeah. buy a, no one's gonna buy like a uh, any sort of defense system that's in, written in English yeah <laughs> it'll all have to be French and German yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not true at all it'll all have to be English <laughs> they don't, can't agree on a language yeah English and um, Chinese <laughs> and the thing I was thinking about all of this is that The Pax Americana brought a fair amount of prosperity to a a large part of this world. Like, a lot of East Asia became prosperous in the last 30 years, in part because America uh, laid down, effectively, what is a peace among nations in that area of the world. I think it's true in Europe, too. Um, So as we retreat, that is up for grabs. Um, And I think in some ways it would probably be somewhat once it's gone it'll be appreciated for how much prosperity I think it brought because you could have large groups of Europe uh, European countries as well as large groups of Asian countries trading with each other without thinking about everything in terms of a trade war and and this and that and territory and natural resources
1: yeah I mean this is this is four years in the life of a country or um, History itself is not very long. I don't yeah. know how much. I think. I think the idea of Trump like overturning and changing everything is a little bit oversold. Sure.
0: Especially since he has a thirty-eight percent approval rating in his own country. Yeah, but I think it's, it's a larger trend too. I think Obama was trying to do the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's something to that. But I mean, will will the next president going in correct? Will they move back to sort of? You know, is neoliberalism over? Is globalism dead? Or will is it just like in temporary hiatus as China and Russia begin to see the benefits of it and to use this weapon uh, against us in a way to create a, a global architecture that benefits, that supposedly benefits them. Uh, Using the same mechanism, yeah. Do they do they push nationalism um, to destructive ends that will lead to wars and suffering?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these are all like really broad questions, and I I don't know if uh, neoliberalism is the thing that's going to. Uh, is it really like a, a war between sort of neoliberalism, or is it just democracy versus autocracy? Or- I mean, that's what I'd say. But uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: there's progressives out there that really view things in terms of black and white. Right? Yeah, like they see democracy and neoliberalism as intertwined. You know, and there's no, yeah, there's no separating. Um, I, I definitely disagree. with Yeah, you, I but, mean,
0: I, in the end, I mean, it's it's a struggle. But I mean, yeah. there are you know, autocracy is a pretty terrible thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Anything else you want to talk about? We're kind of uh, running a sh- little short. No, that's time. it. That's it for me. I think, um, I think we can. I think we covered what we did last. Yeah, week. <laughs> <added laughs> a little bit to yeah. Nothing's been lost. Nothing got, has been you lost everything. got. everything. Um, uh, do we want to talk about the the last bit? Because I'll, I'll. Oh resurrect. yeah, you want to re- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll Resurrect. So I'll resurrect a couple of things um, that we talked a little bit in terms of uh, outside the bubble. There are two. Pe- there are two sources I wanted to talk about. One. One is a guy who writes for Cato. He's, uh, he writes a lot about immigration. He writes interesting stuff. He's, uh, he's definitely not a Democrat or a liberal, but he is certainly a pro-immigration sort of centrist libertarian. But his work has been uh, really good, I think, in immigration. I've been following him. His name is Alex uh, Norath or Noraseth. I, I, I'm going to but- butcher the last name. Um, but he's, uh, I will put a link up to him on our Facebook page. He's definitely worth checking out. I would definitely check out some of the podcasts on Cato he's been a part of. Um, but the most important thing, I think that is probably his most recent podcast, is he was doing some research on discipline and infractions within the Customs and Border Patrol and how bad the Customs and Border Patrol, which is the largest law enforcement agency in the country how bad it is at policing itself like the number of, they just started like an internal inve- investigation division maybe in the past few years before that they hadn't had one um, the number of disciplinary actions is probably two or three times as much as say of another police force or the FBI it's not usually people's first pick right so right they, like, usually they, they turned down
1: from other services yeah they, they have and, to,
0: and they have and even with that even yeah. with lower standards they have trouble recruiting um, it's also not like a fun job. It's yeah. not
1: where you want to be. Here. Yeah.
0: So like all these things are going on. So it's just and while they're both and so like I said they're having trouble recruiting, but they're also trying to expand this service that is doing a very bad job of maintaining internal discipline and keeping standards, which is bad for a law enforcement <laughs> agency. Uh, it's really good work. It's excellent work in some ways. So uh, uh, Alex Norath, Norseth, I think. Um, uh the Cato Institute. That's my first recommendation. Uh, the second re- recommendation, and this is truly outside the bubble, is uh, is um, there is an interview, and I'll post this with Louder with Crowder, who's just like this like talk show host and goes live blog. It's like like media kind of right wing uh, stuff. Uh, but he does he did an interview um, with the guy who faced down the Texas shooter. Okay, yeah, and this is like it, this guy's just like a plain simple guy who heard some shots uh and you know he he's, he's a lifelong nra member he he raised his family in the in the way of the nra he trained his family and he helped face down the shooter he didn't think about it um but he just comes off as being a really simple sympath- just a, a sympathetic voice and uh he's certainly like someone who doesn't believe that guns should be controlled but at the same time he just talks about he just literally goes through what happened that day it's a really heartbreaking story and I think it gives a lot of sympathy maybe even certainly to this guy and it's worth it's always worth listening to like a different point of view from a guy who basically looks like a Santa Claus and he and actually that's not a coincidental because he he used to ride on his Harley with this Baptist church he lived next to and deliver presents to underprivileged kids dressed as Santa Claus dressed as Santa Claus (laughs) I think and like it's just yeah it's it's, so it's 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 half an hour long. It's a bit long. It is a little pro NRA, but it, mostly it's just like a story about a guy who's really affected by this. And what, what and sort of
1: what sort of weapon did he use to, to? He used an AR. Yeah,
0: he used an AR to fight. He he heard it. He grabbed it. Um, there are a couple of and he's he's supportive of having an AR. He was like, hey, he will say, if I had a pistol, I would have been dead, or I would not have been able to stop him because the guy had body armor. Whatever. It's it's an argument. Um... It's not an argument I agree with, but I think I would think of no better spokesman than the guy because the thing, the truth is that he's really like he, he talks about. It, he's like, I need counseling. Like I am really shaken up. He's not, and actually, even Crowder makes the point. He's like, you know, there, there's the side that's anti-guns and then the side that's pro-guns, which is all like agro-tech or like not agricultural tech, but like aggressive tech or whatever, mm-hmm. like agro-cool. And this guy's just like this guy who just got caught. He is w- having a lot of difficulty. He knew a lot of people in that church. He's really going through whatever we call it. Like he's and he really needs. Like he's he's almost on the verge of tears as he tells a lot of this story. Um, and yeah, it was. It's just a. It's like he seems like a really decent guy it's um, it's definitely outside the bubble so it's worth listening to yeah I know that sounds fascinating yeah. alright well that brings us to the end of uh, episode 28 part yeah uh, take 2 take 2
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening and thanks as always to Kevin Carter for our outro music uh, we'll be back next week with, next week with new shit new shit <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah Thank <laughs> you.